You're listening to a Platforms podcast, your source for cutting-edge, relevant Torah. Enjoy. We've always dealt with the Beis HaMikdash as the source of Tisha B'Av, and we've dealt with, we understand that there's something to do with Tisha B'Av, has to do with the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, and we're probably also very much aware that its source is further back than just the Chorban, because... As Chazal tell us, the Jews by the Miraglim they make a they cry and they say they cry that this is the reality. So Hashem says, "Atem bechisem bechiyashachinam, anikovei alechem bechiyadoros." You guys cried a bechiyah of chinam, and therefore I'm going to be kovei for you a bechiyah for all generations to come. And Chazal say on this pasuk, and that night was Tishbav, and from there on forward, this was earmarked as the, as the day of Tishbav, and that's the Chorban Bayis Rishon, Chorban Bayis Right, we're familiar with this. Okay, now that means that if we're going to deal with Tishabov, we're going to have to we have to reach all the way back to the source and understand the issues from there, as opposed to dealing with it on the level of the base of Mikdash. Now it's true the base of Mikdash was destroyed, but that's an outgrowth of the source. That's not the source. So to get an understanding of the the issues flying around in the Tishabov story, it's going to have to come back from the from the original place in the Torah. Now that leads us to a problem because we know whenever we talk about Tisha that we talk about the idea of Sinas Chinam being central to the day. But Sinas Chinam, it's a, it's a secondary issue. Sinas Chinam is only on the level of the Beis HaMikdash being destroyed. In fact, the Bayes Shani being destroyed. So how can you go ahead and tell me that the whole basis for the Chor Beis HaMikdash is, is Sinas Chinam? We have to take that into consideration on Tisha if at the end of the day, the, idea, the, the thing that we're coming to mourn has nothing to do with the Bayashen, it has to do with the root issue, which is all the way back, all the way back by, by the Torah, by the Miraglim. So where does Sinas Chinam fit into the story? You would hope it falls in to the story on the surface line, not just at the later, later stage of Bayashen. And you have to also wonder, um, we're, we're told by Chazal that, that it's the Yushalmi, that cold door, that the Beis HaMikdash is not, any generation that the Beis HaMikdash is not rebuilt during their time, is if they, they themselves destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. And now this is nice and cute on the surface, but again, this makes it very personal because it means that whatever's going on in the story is very relevant because if you didn't succeed at this issue, you've destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. Now, whatever that means, it's making it very real because we don't say that every other fast day or every other day of negative stuff in Jewish, Jewish behavior. It's specific to hear that if, you've, if this happens, you destroyed it. Which means whatever issues we're dealing with, it's on a very personal level to your personal life. So, we honestly, we, we're going to have to get some kind of understanding of what does it mean Bechiel Adoros? What does it mean Bechiel Shachinam? And why does that result in Bechiel Adoros? And where does Sinas Chinam fit into this whole story? And how does that have to do with my whole life? And what, what's going on here? So, I want to peel open if we're going to take a flow chart, we're going to have to first deal with what is Bechia Shachinam. Once we understand that, we can understand how it translates into Bechia Adoros and hopefully understand the Chorban in the morning and everything. So let's zoom in on the story of the Maraglim and the Bechia Shachinam. So just on the story, it's kind of perplexing on the surface because you have to wonder, um, the Jews, the Jews have cried before and the Jews have cried before regarding Yisias Mitzrayim. So, for example, if you go, if you go, if you go through in Sefer Devarim, sorry, Sefer Midbar, so you have the Jews. We, we have them crying. They have them crying about the Slav, and the, and the Pasuk tells us 
Vayashuvu, Vayibchu, Gamban Yisrael, and the Jews were crying, and they were saying, who's going to give us meat? So the Jews have cried before, and the Jews have cried before about the leaving of Mitzrayim. So what's specific about this time when they're leaving, that here we're going to earmark it as like, oh wow, now Bechiel, you guys cried, oh no, we got to make this whole issue. They've cried before, this is not the first time. And in addition, if I ask you, can you please tell me the, the underlying problem the Jews did and had in their crying about, in, in their issue of the Miraglim, you would probably say a lack of Amuna. you might say Lashon Hara, you might say some other thing. You probably wouldn't say, oh, oh yeah, didn't they cry? <laughs> like, why is the crying at the center of how we're going to define this story? It seems like the wrong place to start and, and, and to center it on so, before we address this, I want to point out that actually, come back to the old question, which is where is Sinas Chinam in the story? Actually, Sinas Chinam is extremely central to the Chinam story. In fact, I'm going to show you that Sinas Chinam is Bechiyah Chinam. So the story of the story of the of the Miraglim appears in two different parshios, in Parsha Shlach and in Parsha Devarim, and they're each kind of giving color one on the other. So one is the story as it happens, and one is in Devarim where Moshe is recounting the story. And in his telling over, you kind of get insight onto what actually happened. So yes. if you go to Parsha Shlach, the, the story, the Pasuk that talks about the Jews getting the base of it, losing this, this day. So it says, Vatisa kol eida, vayitnu es kolam. So they all raise their voices and they're they crying. Uh, and they were raising their voices and, 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 and putting their voices in. Vayivchu ha'am ba'lelehu. And the am cried on that night. Say Chazal, oh, you see, they cried Bechil Shochinam, says Hashem, you're going to get Bechil Doros. This is the source. So again, the Muratim tell the story. It says the Am raised their voice, and then that night, and they cried that night. So we're talking about the night of the Muratim, they were crying, right? Yeah? Now we go to the story, the, we go to the story of Indivarim. So Moshe's telling over the story. And Moshe says, and we told the whole Muratim thing, Vateiragnu Balechem. And you guys raised up your voices in your tents, and you said, Hashem Mitzrayim. And Hashem's hatred of us, he took us out of Mitzrayim. Now, says Rashi, what do you mean that their hatred of Hashem? Hashem loves them, says Rashi, but Hashem loves them. No, says Rashi, it's they hated Hashem, and therefore it's like, it's like the Mashal, where when, whatever you feel about your friend, you project that he feels towards you. So since they hated Hashem, they projected that Hashem hated them. So really they hated Hashem, Hashem loved them, but they unnecessarily thought Hashem hated them. So well, we're, we're defining, can you hear me? Yeah. So we're, we're defining the entire, Rashi, Moshe is telling them that when you guys were crying, what were you saying? He, right? he's, here, he's here saying, and he says, you guys raised your voices in, in, contempt, in, like, in misery, and you, and you said. So he's telling us what did they say when they had the Bechia Shochinim. Okay, so what I, was, what I was saying was, if you go through the story in Shalach, and you go through the story in, in Devarim, you see two different recountings of the same story. In Shalach, the Pasuk says that you guys heard the, you guys heard the, the story from the Miraglim. So they all raised their voices. And they cried on that night. And this is the Pasuk which we say, you guys cried a cry of Chinam, so therefore I'm giving you crying forever. This is the Pasuk. Right? Then in Sefer Devarim, in Sefer Devarim, you have Moshe telling them a recounting of their story. And it goes through everything the Miraglim said. 
And then it says, And you guys were like moaning in your tents. And you said, With Hashem's hatred of us, He took us out of Mitzrayim. Says Rashi, What do you mean? Hashem didn't hate them. Hashem loved them. Oh, rather, they hated Hashem. Even though Hashem loved them. And it's like the mashal, which we say, that whatever you feel about your friend, that you think he feels about you. So since they hated Hashem, they thought Hashem hated them. So really, what's happening here? They're hating Hashem, even though Hashem loves them. It's classic, pure sinas chinam. And this Pasek is Moshe explaining, this is what happened when you cried. When you cried, you said the following. You said the following thing, which is an evidence of sinas chinam. Which means, in their bechia shachinam, the whole thing was sinas chinam. You understand that that means that on the root level of, of the whole issue of Bechia Shachinam is Sinas Chinam. But they've cried before. What do you say? They've cried before. Okay, good. So we have to figure out why this time they say this. But Moshe is telling us what they were saying. I'm not saying crying is Sinas Bechia Shachinam. I'm saying, okay, we have to get what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that inherent in whatever this Bechia issue is happening here, Whatever's going on here, the underlying thing happening here is sinas chinam. Rashi was out of his way and says, what do you mean? Hashem loves them. Oh, but they, they hate Hashem. So, and it's, it's, this is defining what was happening during the Bechia. Which means the Bechia that's here is the Bechia Shachinam. Somehow it has something to do with sinas chinam. We have to define these terms. But I'm showing you how on the root level, you see sinas chinam at the core. Okay, now this is a game changer because the starting question was where do we see Sinas Chinam in the story? It's at the core of the story. So now we need to understand what does Sinas Chinam mean? And hopefully if we can understand that we can try to figure out because now the, it becomes different. If Sinas Chinam is what they said and we're going to call that a Bechia Shachinam that means really you need to understand Sinas Chinam to understand Bechia Shachinam. So if we can get a better understanding of Sinas Chinam, then we can understand what their Bechia Shachinam was, and then we can understand the response of Bechia Lodoros. So let's discuss Sinas Chinam. What is Sinas Chinam? Well, we have a Mishnah in Avos. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Ayin Hara, V'yetzer Hara, Three things take a person out of the world. Ayin hara, yetzer hara, and sinas abrios. Says the Bartanura, what does it mean sinas abrios? It means sinas chinam. So we're talking about sinas chinam. Okay, so somehow sinas chinam takes a person out of the world. Now the Tosos Yamtiv says, if you want to learn this Mishnah, he says you got to go turn to Perik Dalad Mishnah Chafal. So let's turn over there. Says the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer Akafar Omer, Hakina ve'ataiva ve'akavod, motzinas adam in olam. That three other things take a person out of the world: kina, taiva, ve'kavod. So we'll loosely translate: jealousy, desires, and honor. Says says the Tosfos Yamtif, these three are the puzzle pieces for the other three, in that kavod is what causes sinas, meaning the first and first are interlinked, the second and second, and the third and third. So, kina and, and ayin hara, taiva 
Yetzir Hara. Those are causes of each other. And the last one, Kavod, is the cause of Sinas Chinam. Which means, at the root issue of Sinas Chinam is a total false taking yourself so seriously and giving yourself this heaviness of being at the center. So it's really the, 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 the pushing other this pushing Bria away really stems from a place of misplaced kavod, where you're taking yourself so seriously and therefore you're forced to push everybody else away. Because you feel they're an imposition on your on your essence and your being. This person is an imposition on me, they intrude on me. And therefore I'm higher, so I gotta push them away so they don't they don't intrude on me. You feel like others are intruding on you. So again, it's a total inf- misplaced inflation of self. So, so that we're going to learn here that kavod is the underlying issue, misplaced sense of self, and inflation of like where I am and how and how seriously I got to take myself. Are you, do you understand why I'm using that explanation for kavod? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to explain why I'm saying that. You good? Okay. So taking yourself so heavily and taking yourself so seriously. That's what leads to Sinas Abrios and Sinas Chinam. Now let's go back to the story of Bichia Shachinam. Let's try to get a definition for the word Chinam. So where in the Torah do we have the word Chinam? We have it in a few places. One of the most noted places is... So in that story where the Jews were crying, they say, We remember the fish which we ate for free in Mitzrayim. Says Rashi, for free? The Mitzrayim wouldn't even give them straw to, uh, uh, to make bricks with. You think the Mitzrayim gave them food to eat? Says Rashi, no, 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 no. It means chinam in a mitzvos. It means free from mitzvos. Meaning now they have to earn their, they, they have to, they're kind of, they have, to, they have obligations they have to do to earn their right to their food. But back then, they didn't feel like this intrusion on the, the need to do, to do mitzvos. They just got it for free. Or Shomer Chinam is somebody who also has no obligations. He's Shomer Chinam has no responsibility. I, I'm just watching this. I don't have. I don't have to watch. I I have no obligations here. I can do whatever I want. So, I think from these roots you see that Chinam is talking of like devoid of obligation, or devoid of responsibility. Like it, again, the Shomer Chinam has no obligations, no responsibilities here, and the 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 fish was eaten. Chinam means there's no responsibility, there's no obligation you need to do it in order to get this fish. It's it's just free. There's no there's no strings attached. It's just, it's no obligation here. No, no no responsibility to this thing. You just get it. <coughs> the whole story with the Miraglim, so actually Shafto um, gave a nice year where he was talking about the whole story of the Miraglim. And he was in his in his explanation of Miraglim, he was talking about how the Pasik says that the, the, the spies come back and say the land is, is is like this magic land. It's the people are giants, people are huge. And then it says Eretz Ochleha it's a land that consumes its people that live in it. So like it's a stira. Is it a land that produces these massive muscle men? Or is it a land that kills its people? They're they're kind of opposite extremes. So the way he explained the whole story of the Miraglim, and this giving this as background, was that the Jews have been living this magic, magic existence. They've been walking through the desert with a cloud of glory. They've been eating mun. Their, cl- their clothing don't wither. They don't go to the bathroom. Any enemy gets swallowed up. They're literally living in magic land. And the Jews' request for a spy was, was not a request 
that we, we don't trust you, Hashem. It's we don't want you running the show like this. We feel like there's no room for us. We feel like such an imposition, kind of like Adam Rishon's choice. We feel such an imposition on our own, on our own being. It's such an intrusion on us. What we want is we want to do things normally. We want you to get out of the get out of the way. Let us do this thing our own way. Let us emiraglim. Let us buy it out. Let us go go look, go look around. Let us go conquer. Let us make a plan. Let us be normal human beings. We don't want this magic land. So that when the spies come back and say it's a land full of giants, it's magic land. Immediately feel consumed by it. It's going to consume us. It's Eretz Ochleyoshvehi. There's no room for us anymore. We want to get out of there. So that the whole story of the Raglim is the Jews feeling like such an imposition on their sense of kavod, their sense of ability to be themselves and be heavy, that they feel the need to push Hashem away. Classic, classic, pure sinaschinam. The whole issue is, I'm in the front with a sense of kavod. It's about me, and you're an intrusion on me. You're, you're an imposition on me. I, I now have obligations and responsibilities because of you being there. I need to push you away. What do you mean? Hashem loves you. Yeah, but I hate him. Get him out of here. So that the Bechia Shachinam is not an unnecessary cry. It's a Bechia for a world that allows Chinam. Their cry was, we want Chinam. We want the ability to not have such imposition, such obligation, such responsibility. We want the ability to have room for kavod. It was, it was their, their source of it is we have sinas we, we want to be able to have a sense of ourselves being at the center. We feel so imposed on. We need to change the dynamics here, Hashem. We want a world that allows for a state of chinam. So it's a bechia for a world of chinam. It's a bechia. It doesn't say bechia chinam like it says sinas chinam. It doesn't say bechia chinam. It's an unnecessary cry. It could have just said that, like it says, Sinas But it says, no, no, it's a Bechia of, of because we want, what do we want? We want, oh, it's a Bechia of crying out for Chinam. We want Chinam. You follow that? Now, if, if you get that, if you get a world of Chinam, you run to a serious problem. A serious problem. Because, well, let's go on a small, let's go on a small tangent. Let's go, on, let's go on a sidetrack. I want to come back to that problem. I want to talk about the idea of Eurydice Adoros. The, the idea of Eurydice Adoros is, 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 on the surface, very challenging. The, Eurydice Adoros says factually that if we're 10 generations apart, you are closer and you are more clear, more clean, more pure. Why? Why can't the biggest Tamachachim in our door be just as great as somebody in 20 generations before him? How can you say factually that he has no ability to be? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to make any sense. But I think, if you think about it, by extension of living in a world of Gullus, the more and more you live in Gullus, the more Gullus acts on you. In that, if this is a pure, clean, full, aware Jew, and then he gets thrown into a gallus, and now he's being acted upon by all the different things that are mixing in, whether it's assimilation, whether it's ideas, whether it's subtleties on the subconscious level, the thousands of components that are acting upon this person. Now put him through another generation of that. Now you've gotten exponentially more just mishkebabble, I'll call it gallus 
you have one generation of Galatai's problems, now getting acted upon another generation of it. Now add that, do it 16 times. You now have it to the 16th exponent. You have it, this person has been Galatized upon Galatized upon Galatized upon Galatized. I don't care how much he commits himself to learning of Torah. That's just on the conscious level of the information he's aware of. But on the, even on the subconscious level, all the subtleties that go into making you, you. The example I like to give is imagine growing up in a very modern home. Very modern home. Versus growing up in a home that's a gadol door, the ben gadol door, ben gadol door, ben gadol door, with eight gadol doors on the side. And you grew up in, one, in those two different homes. Although it's true that both people, when they're 20 years old, can commit themselves to really studying Torah and really, really amassing a lot of information, you can't compare the subtleties on a subconscious level that have gone into making this person them that are embedded in one and not the other. And they're just different human beings on a, sub, on a very subconscious level. There's just, they're just a very different makeup. And again, they can both be great people, but there's just a very different fabric that, that makes this person them. And on the same level, just all the more so, you go through Rides Adoros, there's just an entirely different fabric when you're 20, 10, 20 generations closer to the source and 20 generations less of Gullistized. So that I can say factually, the further you are, the further you are. So now let's come back to our, to our Chazal statement. You guys cried that you want a world that allows for Chinam. Okay, but you know what's going to happen now? There's now a serious problem of all the future generations. As the generations go, we're going to run into these serious issues. Every generation is going to get worse and worse and worse. I'm going to give you the tool of Bechia to address the problem of Doros. Of all generations going forward. Because the problem is that you're going to have next generation, and next generation, next generation. And giving over that information is going to get gullistized. So the Bechia Shachinam is being fixed by having Bechia to address the problem of Doros. Again, the issue there, the issue at the center is this issue called Doros. It's the Eurasia Doros issue. And therefore, I'm going to give you Bechia as the tool by which you're going to address that problem. Now, what's the problem? The problem is... The further and further you get now, if you if you would not have had this bechia shachinam, and you would have just lived in that reality in, Mitzra, in, a, in, in Israel with Hashem at the center, there's no difference between my generation, the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. We're all sitting in Hashem's presence. But the moment you change the facts and Hashem is removed from the equation, the further you get, you now run into serious problems. You just have lost sight of everything, and you can start thinking that the place that you're at is normalcy. You can start thinking that you've really made it to a place that's, that's actually normal. And that you're good and you're okay. When really you're so far from the crux and you're such an illusion. You live in the craziest illusion. You think that where you are is okay. Really, everything you are is the product of somebody who taught you, who's subject to Yudas Adoros, who himself is, is subject to all these problems. He learned from somebody who was also subject to all these problems. You're now like 80 generations away from anything true. And you think that you've made it. You're so far away. How are we going to address that problem? The answer is Bechia. Because Hashem said, I'm going to give you Bechia to address your problem of Doros. When a person cries, when a person cries out of sadness or pain, the, the source of that cry is always a feeling of my world is so not what it's supposed to be. 
I feel so lost. I feel so dead. I feel so deflated. I feel like I just can't go on. I feel like everything I'm supposed to be is just not there. My world just empty, crushed. You feel like you're, you feel dead. When a person goes through bechia, crying and mourning over the loss of the base of Mikdash, they get so sensitive to how much their world is not what it's supposed to be and how far they are from the source, how far they are from anything real, that immediately you can't take yourself seriously where you are because you're so far from who you want to be. You're a nobody. And on the spot, you've now addressed the issue of kavod, of sinaslinam. Because in, 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 we kind of view the idea in the past that there's this idea of Tisha B'av and mourning and the Chorban and all that and everything that means. And on the side, you should find some time to like also focus on Sinas Chinam. But it's like a separate thing. Now, I'm saying inherent in mourning the loss of a state of being close to Hashem, inherent in that is addressing Sinas Chinam. Because you've deflated any sense of Kavod. How can you take yourself seriously? Your world is so far from what it's supposed to be. You're so far from being anything. You're a nobody. Your world is... All your outlets themselves are nobodies. You feel so deflated, so helpless, so... Ugh. And when a person's in this state, they have, the, they have now the first inkling of, of addressing those broken pieces now. Uh, you're right, they've deflated Kavod. Now Sinas Abrios is gone. H- how can you? And, and the, the, the mission, there's another mission that says, Ezehu Mechubad. Because when you finally come to address this issue, you're finally capable of actually realizing that you have no access other than connecting with everybody, but that's something else we can come to. But what I'm suggesting is, when a person goes through Tisha B'av, they come so in touch with the, the crazy illusion that their life has, the crazy sense that they thought they had of security, of making it, of being somewhere, and they become so aware of how far they are from anywhere. And how the world is so broken and so far from, give it, from having any means of which they can grab anything they want to grab. And it makes them feel so crushed, so crushed, so crushed that they're able to disillusion themselves from all those illusions they have. Because you, a person really thinks that like, oh, you know, I, like I've made it. I'm, like my life's good. What do you mean your life's good? You're, you're, you're so far from there. And you need, to, you need to be aware of how far you are from any true access. So you can then have the desire and ability to go and reconstruct and get to a Yom Nirayim where you can re- really figure out how to reconstruct a world that will have any chance of getting there. But this is, and this this addresses a little bit because you'll notice that there's this weird fixation in your shuls of like people are going to be focusing on the Holocaust, on... Musser stories of people in concentration camps. They're going to watch Holocaust movies. They're going to, you're going to go through the keynotes and we're talking about all these generations of Gullahs. What's the shaykhahs? Like, it's not the Chorb Mesa what, what are we doing? But I think uh, on any level that you harp on how... No, no, no. Look at our Gullahs. Look how crazy our world is. Look how, look how insane our Gullahs is. This is not how it's supposed to be. There's Holocaust. There's pogroms. There's this. There's that. This is insane. Our world is messed up. You become so aware of the flaws and problems embedded inherent in Gullahs. And thereby how crazy your world is and how far off you are. 
So that the, the ultimate avoda tishabav is to become so aware of the problems of living in a world that's distant. So of course we're going to now be covered on a yamtiv of tishabav where you see this is a this is a way you can capture the idea. If you go and cry about how you don't have a base of mikdash, you don't have that access point. You can capture the idea. So we capture it in that way, even though the source is by the Miraglim. And we can even say that any generation, and it says specifically says Dor, because the issue is Doros, any, any generation which has not addressed this issue, they themselves are, re, it's the exact same issue. Meaning you might say, if it doesn't get recreated, you didn't solve the problem. What do you mean you, you've, you've destroyed it? I just didn't rebuild it. I wasn't Zoha. No, but the point is it's only not there because you're living in a state that's distant from Hashem because you put yourself... You're sinistly numb. You're in the. You put yourself in the center of taking yourself so seriously, but if you can recognize that you're you're living in illusion, your world is so far, and you just want to be close to Hashem, but you have no way there. You're so far. Now you have a chance at, re- at reconstructing your life with the base of Mikdash in it. So, this I think answers also the initial questions, which is why this bechia in specific is highlighted, and why. Why is that what we what we center about even in the story of the Miraglim? I think the answer is is that this is the first time. Every other time they do a, a, a sin. Okay, great. They've done many sins before. They they lacked a muna. They asked for this. They asked for that. Hashem's upset at them many many times. But this request was saying, "We hate you, God. We don't want to be in your presence." Oh, you don't want my presence? You're crying because you're in my presence. You feel like you feel like your world is being crushed because you're in my presence, and so you're crying about it. Okay, well then we need to address it. So atem bechisim bechiyashachinam. Now I'm addressing it. I'm going to give you a world where you're being now, but now I'm going to give you bechiladoros. So now to make it just to sum it up in a practical, practical short summary outside of all these, oh, outside of all these esoteric terms, the way I understand tishbav is it's a day where we are living so far from true, clear real life that we want to be living and as a result we have such such a far we're so far from that center and the life and the opportunity that we could be living and it's chaval that we're so far from that opportunity because we're not accessing it and the problem is that we're so caught up in these illusions of taking ourselves so seriously that we never even get have the ability to address it and Tishrav is a day where you come in touch with that and you mourn the fact that you don't have any of those things that you could have had and you disillusion yourself. So you can really, really, really see what world you want to have. And you can get rid of all those silly things that you take seriously that don't belong in this world. Even, even your sources of information are subject to Yerush Hadoros. Everybody is. It's so painful. And if a person goes through that, as I said, you have a chance of now really, f- A, experiencing the pain, A, B, addressing what needs to get crushed about yourself and removed, and then see, move to a world of tshuva and ultimately mam Hashem and Rosh Hashanah. This has been a Platforms podcast. Please share it with your friends. If you can think of one person to send it to, please take the time. It truly is the best way to help us out. If you have any comments or suggestions, please go and email platformspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.